0: Welcome back to the WMAY Morning News Feed. Jim Leachon for Greg Bishop this morning. And it's uh, always timely and informative to talk to our next guest. And uh, certainly that's the case these days. Gail O'Neill is the director of the Sangamon County Department of Public Health. And Gail, as always, thank you for your time and welcome to the program. Thanks, Jim. Well, unless the numbers have changed dramatically over the weekend, I think the last time I checked was on Saturday. We were still hovering just under 50% fully vaccinated, somewhere like 49.3%, even though you've been uh, at this for six months now, and there are ample opportunities to get people vaccinated. So uh, from your perspective, what's holding people back? Why is still slightly more than half of the county not yet fully vaccinated? And how do we overcome that and get more people to that point?
1: Yeah, that's really the challenge. Um, some people have, um, you know, some misinformation and concerns that, you know, they may need to talk to somebody that they trust or their doctor or somebody with, with concerns about the vaccine. The longer we've been doing this, the it seems that the more people we have vaccinated, we would have been hearing if there's been a lot of terrible results, but we haven't seen that. Um you know, those under 12 can't be vaccinated yet, so they're they're in that percentage. Although we really hope that those that are 12 and older are getting vaccinated before school goes back, but it's it's this last uh, 20 or 30 or 50 percent will be a challenge to get. Some people, you know, a few people can't get it, and some just don't want it.
0: Um, we're going to talk about school here in, in just a moment, but one of the things, of course, we're seeing around the country is cases starting to take back up again. Our average number of daily cases has edged back upward over the, the past month. And in recent days, we've seen the first deaths from COVID in, in more than two months. Is the county tracking the new cases or fatalities to see who among them is unvaccinated? This was called by the CDC last week a pandemic up. Of the unvaccinated is that in fact what's happening here in sangamon county now
1: it is the last two cases people that had passed away were unvaccinated um you know not everybody will be at some point but the vaccine especially since we've seen a little bit of more activity of positive cases in our community lately the vaccine's doing what it's intended to do as far as protecting you from severe illness and death um so overall it's doing its job um, it's also got to be helping, you know, reduce the spread. So, yeah, we're watching that. Um, there's a lot we, we do know with data and a lot we don't, but we're trying to. Fortunately, there's not so many that we can't keep try to keep track of, see what's going on with the deaths and with the hospitalizations. Uh,
0: do you check uh, new cases? Uh, do you inquire about whether people are vaccinated or unvaccinated just to sort of track the efficacy of everything?
1: We do. We do. We ask them. Um, some people, you know, we don't have proof of that, but some of them we can um you know, look up through the through the um, vaccination uh, report, I, the um, eye care system, I'm sorry, from the state of Illinois, we can kind of verify vaccination status and, um, you know, and just try to help. We're not trying to guilt people into anything. We're just trying to provide information and uh, try and encourage people to, to make a good decision about, you know, vaccinating themselves and those that might be at high risk.
0: So is it largely unvaccinated people who are accounting for the new cases locally? I mean, we do know that there are some fully vaccinated people who are still getting this, particularly with the Delta variant there. But what uh, what's the breakdown?
1: Um, we don't have an exact one, uh, uh, but we do feel that the of the positive cases is less than a quarter, I think, of those that are vaccinated. Um, you know, vaccines are not 100 percent. And, you know, they're candidates, what they're calling the breakthrough cases, we are watching that, and I think CDC is certainly watching it with all the um, reporting systems of the vaccine and its efficacy. And then, you know, we look at, you know, so the people that have been vaccinated and are sick, how long ago were they vaccinated? These are all the things that we didn't know when we started six months. How long will it last? How, You know, those those kind of things. So since we have a good six months under under our belt with vaccinating, there's a lot of, research going on now Uh,
0: i know there's been some discussion about the possibility that we might need a booster shot at some point for people who are fully vaccinated are you hearing anything yet from the cdc or from the state department of public health uh, about whether that might be happening and and are we making plans for that uh, potentiality at some point
1: well we're keeping that in mind and and prepared to do whatever we need to do i think as we get past this six and seven months um Maybe by nine months, we'll, they'll be looking to see if the vaccine is still holding tight. You know, is, is it doing its job as far as protecting people? Um, I have not heard. We've all been hearing about a booster, but we're talking with Dr. As late as Friday afternoon with many of the administrators. And there's, there's just talk of a booster, but none of us have an idea when that may be.
0: Talking with Gail O'Neill, the Sangamon County Director of Public Health. And, uh, Gail, uh, as we are seeing, again, some of this uh, increase in cases, we also know the Delta variant has been introduced here locally, several confirmed cases. And as of late last week, uh, at least one confirmed case involved in the outbreak at a local long-term care facility where they've had more than two dozen cases there. Do we have any updated numbers? If we have one Delta variant case, do we have potentially a lot more cases linked to that outbreak?
1: Um, We have another one linked to that outbreak, so I think there are two at this point. Uh, Testing for the variants uh, takes a little bit longer, and you have to make sure you have another specimen rather than just just the first COVID specimen, and it takes two or three weeks for us to know. So on one hand, we, we know it's in the community. We've probably had about eight cases that are related to the Delta variant, but you kind of find it out afterwards. The state is doing some random sampling. They're asking, you know, all regions to send in or all hospitals to just send in uh, like 10 specimens and have them tested just to see if it's in the community. So we know it's here. Um, it's not rampant at this point. But um, we also know that it's 50% more contagious than the other variants. So we're, we're a little concerned about that. But And the only thing we can do to prevent that is to prevent the spread as best we can with vaccine and masks.
0: It was interesting to note at that facility, they talked about the fact that 99% of residents uh, were fully vaccinated. And although they did have uh, more than 20 cases among residents in virtually all of those cases, they were very mild symptoms or asymptomatic. They also uh, indicated that only about two-thirds of staff were fully vaccinated. They did have some cases among staffers as well. In long-term care facilities, is, is the county tracking or watching or making recommendations as far as vaccination of staffers? Is that something... That uh, should be required or pushed harder in, in these settings.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that, and we've talked about it with the chief medical officers from the, the healthcare facilities. Uh, the question is, you know, can you mandate? What does it? What does it do for you? It would help. I mean, with the healthcare providers, um, it's it's one of those touchy issues, you know, <laughs> that whether whether you know it makes sense for the healthcare workers to be vaccinated. Um, but it's not a mandatory thing at this time. We've, we keep talking about it as a community of healthcare providers, and that discussion is still underway.
0: It brings us to the, the other big looming issue with uh, students back in classrooms five days a week in a matter of weeks. And they'll be there in the largest numbers that we've seen since the start of the pandemic the CDC with its guidance that says that unvaccinated people in school buildings, staff and students alike, if they're not fully vaccinated, they should be wearing masks. But they didn't make that a mandate. And we know of at least a couple of school districts that are planning to make masks optional for everyone, regardless of vaccination status. Uh, are these districts consulting with you before they make these decisions? And and is a decision like that of mask optional policy? Is that really conforming to the CDC guidance that says they that unvaccinated people should be wearing masks
1: well that you're right that is the current topic of conversation between health departments and school districts. We have heard um, from some school districts just telling us that they're going to have masks optional a couple have checked for an opinion I'm sure they're waiting the state was supposed to is supposed to be developing a little guidance to kind of explain that you know that masks are very important. one place that there's no question about is on the school buses. The buses um, are, are a form of transportation, and transportation you have to wear masks. So that's one. That's one place that's helpful because the buses in the last year were, you know, spreading kids out pretty far. But they want everybody back, so the buses will be crowded. Um, hopefully, getting kids back to school. The um, yeah, the masking is. We're quite concerned as health department administrators about that. We, um, the words, you know, could and should and. It doesn't say must. It doesn't have, you know, say you will. There's some variation there, I guess, which gives the school district some flexibility. But those are the words that, hurt, that, you know, sometimes put us, the public health departments, at odds with the schools because we feel like it's in their best interest to have masks if they're unvaccinated. Um, sport teams, you know, these recommendations are that, but um, the wording is just quite, not quite as strong. And the State Department of Public Health is accepting and... And we are, too, the guidance provided by by uh, CDC.
0: Has the county considered putting out some kind of an opinion or statement that says you really do need to have masks on in school buildings if you're not fully vaccinated, not just for the safety of those in that classroom, but for the broader community to prevent more widespread of of the virus or its variants?
1: Yes, we have been talking about that with our medical advisors. Um, you know, for a long time, over, you know, nine months, we met with them every day. We've shortened that a little bit, but we can always get a hold of them. But that was one of our last conversations on Thursday, is do we need to put something out uh, about masking? So, you know, we're all supportive of that, but uh, we just want to see what the IDPH guidance is, and that'll be a... Comp- conversation for all of us again this week where we don't want to be at odds with the schools but we want to be safe you know i mean so we ended up in some you know unfortunate uncomfortable situations between masks and sports and quarantine which you know if people are eligible kids are eligible to be vaccinated they could avoid both of those things
0: so. do, do you know uh, when you might expect some more clarification from idph
1: Um, It was late last week that was supposed to happen, so that didn't, but maybe we'll hear something this week. They they know it's something that we need and we need to plan for in schools right around the corner.
0: Gail, I know you say you don't want to be at odds with the schools, but this is ultimately the public health arena. This this is your ball field now. Right. Uh, it, it, isn't it at some point incumbent upon the the local health department to say this is the best practice for everyone's safety, uh, even if uh, some school districts have uh, already talked about going in opposite direction here? I mean, if, if in fact you feel like masks for unvaccinated people are the best way to approach public safety, should that be the policy of the county health department?
1: It should. It should. And I think we're going to come out with with a, a statement like that. But the question is, what if they don't? You know, we really don't have any teeth. But we certainly know that that's the best public health practice at this time.
0: Gail O'Neill is the Sangamon County Director of Public Health, and we always appreciate your time. Uh, Stay in touch with us. If this, uh, you know, statement, this uh, guidance from the county does come forward, or you hear anything more from IDPH, uh, obviously huge amounts of interest in the community. Uh, Gail, you know, as we mentioned, we'd seen an uptick in uh, case numbers, the average daily caseload. We also did see, though, a bit of an uptick in the average daily number of vaccinations given. Is there a sense that As we're starting to hear more about problems sprouting up all over the country, are some people finally saying, okay, maybe I guess I I should get the the vaccine after all? Are you getting any indication that 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 is leading to a bit of an increase in vaccinations?
1: At our sites, it is increasing a little bit. Um, We've had it pretty much of a slowdown. We cut back the drive through for, you know, for. So it's just mornings, but we've had people utilizing that and we're very happy about that. And then they can come in the building whenever they're open. So we've been, you know, doing a little bit more outside, but then some inside so that the numbers are creeping up. I was here Saturday and saw, you know, we were busy for not like we used to be, but, you know, having 45 people come for vaccinations was a good thing Saturday. So and we were also out at some outbound sites. So, yeah, there's a, it seems to have a little more interest in vaccination, and we're glad about that.
0: You know, the other side of the coin, too, uh, is the testing for COVID, which is not, it seems to me at least, not nearly as readily available as it had been at the height of the pandemic last year. Uh, and if indeed we are seeing a, a bit more of an increase in cases and maybe people who may not be symptomatic but may have been potentially exposed, testing would be a way to get a handle on that. How easy is it to get a COVID? test and where do people go if they think uh, maybe I better get checked just in case?
1: Well we keep our website which is scdph.org we keep that as up-to-date as we can on where you can go for testing. We have um, talked about testing it's not you're right it's not as easy to find as it it once was about every other corner. Um, There's you know the availability of at-home tests people are picking up as well So the testing is going to be important. It's going to be important at the schools. Some of the schools have, you know, and we have supplies for them to do testing at the schools if they want with the Binax system. Lincoln Land and UIS both have operations for uh, saliva-based testing at their facilities. Yeah, it just changed a little than it has in the past. We've talked about whether the health department should become a site, but we don't want to start that, and then suddenly I need to switch gears and turn something off. But we're, we're considering whatever is needed most in the community.
0: Gail O'Neill, stay in touch with us. We always appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks, Jim.